Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Quite the news drop in Flyers land today on Tuesday. Shane Gossespierre placed on waivers. Taryn Hatcher, what was your initial reaction to seeing Shane Gossespierre placed on waivers? Clear up money, mm-hmm. rattle some cages. Those were my those were my initial thoughts. Was that this is an attempt uh, to clear up some money, whether it be as we were just talking about off the podcast, sending him down to the taxi squad, um, or if he gets picked up, you know. The popular theory has been with Ekblad out for 12 weeks down in Florida that potentially, you know, a team like the Panthers would be looking to pick somebody up. Problem there is, is that Shane comes with a $4.5 million cap hit for the next few years and a stagnant cap. Um, But clears up some money, as Elaine Vigneault said, um, flexibility for the 23-man roster was was his uh, explanation for that move. But my initial thought was uh, the flyers are, are kind of trying to find some elbow room in a tight space, tight space financially right now. And they're, they're looking for a little bit more of that. And by clearing out Shane here, they may be able to do so. Uh, and then beyond that, Chuck Fletcher, we talked to him and Joe can attest to this. We talked to him one-on-one yesterday and I was kind of, when I saw this news today, I was like, Oh man, I wish you we were talking to Chuck today. Yeah. Um, but Chuck was pretty, blunt about like when I asked them, you know, the other day in your press conference, you said the blame falls on me. What, I said, what does that mean? If you're, if you're dissecting the blame, what, what are you talking about? And he was just like, at the end of the day, everyone's here because I chose for them to be here. And I thought I was putting together a winning team and defensively the personnel aren't there. Uh, so when I saw it today, I said, all right, either Chuck thinks that he won't get picked up or or it's a combination of that and Chuck's just fed up and is sending a message. And maybe this is the safest guy to send a message with because he's, he's got a financial liability for the next few years. So it's kind of, I want to say win-win cause it's not cause everybody in the dressing room really likes Shane and we've seen the upside of Shane and everyone's kind of rooting for Shane. Um, but there's something to be gained no matter what happens here. And that's money. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it could be a little bit of both. Obviously it definitely has a lot to do with money. And also it could be, like you said, Taryn, to uh, rattle some cages, get people's, get the roster's attention. Maybe Fletcher just watching the Flyers fall down three, nothing to the lowly Sabres, a team that now hasn't won a game uh, is going winless uh, in their last 18 games. Maybe he just had enough when he saw them go down three nothing, uh, going into the third period. He said, "You know what? We got to do something to, to get the roster's attention." Uh, and placing a guy on waivers like Shane Gossespierre, who has been here for a while, um, and has been playing actually pretty well, uh, will certainly get the attention of the roster. But yeah, you you really have to wonder if, you know, Chuck Fletcher said it the other day that uh, the, the the trade wins have been pretty quiet. Not many people are on the phone right now talking trades. He said he's been trying to. He's been picking up the phone and making calls, but not many people are calling him. And maybe he's realizing in this flat cap, flat cap world that, uh, like he said, in order to trade and add a player with money, you have to subtract. And if you want to make him fit on your roster, 
and maybe he's just not hearing a lot with Shane Goss's bear and Shane Goss's bear trading him would obviously get a decent return and it would also free up cap space in a really tight cap era. Um, if he's not hearing those trades and he's not seeing much play for Shane Goss's bear, putting him on waivers would certainly do that. Either he gets claimed and his cap uh, is taken by another team or he goes unclaimed and you can add him on the tax score. Elaine Vigneault tried to, I think, kind of say uh, the political correct way of, oh, well, we're just looking at the 23-man roster and giving us more flexibility personnel-wise. That is certainly not just it. Um, if, if, if that was the case, you could do it with Eric Gustafson. You could do it with a number of guys. You don't just randomly pick Shane Gustafson. Um, so it has much more to do than just 23-man roster flexibility. But Joe Fordyce, what do you think? Do you think Shane Gustafson could get claimed? Do you think he will go unclaimed? Uh, I will say Elaine Vigneault did state today uh, that he thought and they, the team believed Shane Gossip's fire uh, would not be claimed. They believe they will get him back, but they are running a very high risk, though, nonetheless. Yeah, this has been a, a puzzling few days, I think, if you, th- if you, th- if you focus on Shane Gossip's fire. So the other night, they lose, and he comes out and basically blisters the team in the postgame press conference, right? And you had to think that rubbed a few guys the wrong way. I first saw this news today, and my reaction was, why, why, why is it Shane? Um, because to me, Shane has been one of the guys in recent weeks who's been generating a lot of offense, which can't be said for a lot of players on this team. Now, you look at some of the other guys on the team, their cap hits are even higher, and there'd be virtually no chance. So maybe that would just be a, a point not worth making. Um, maybe putting a guy like Shane out there who may get claimed, uh, but you think he won't, maybe that's more of the message they're kind, kind of trying to purvey here. But it's just very interesting to me for him to be the outspoken one the other night, and then he gets put on waivers. All the while, he, you know, he's been a presence on the blue line. I mean, last night he – I felt like in the third period, he had his game going and generating offense. Also, um, if you go back to uh, about a week and a half ago, he got benched for three games. So it's been a very interesting, bumpy ride here for Ghost over the past uh, couple weeks. So that, that's interesting to me. I, I don't know about the Florida thing, only because um, I know in Florida they have Mackenzie Weger. And he's having a great season. He's a young defenseman they think a lot of. He was not playing on either of their power play units. So you could logically say maybe they just slide Uyghur into there and see what he could do on the power play. Um, So I don't know. But that is, you know, Shane went to high school down there. That's not, um, you know, it's not a far-fetched thing to dangle that carrot out there and maybe, you know, maybe – uh, some hometown cooking. Maybe they, they, you know, they want to have him on their team, but I don't see it happening. My, my concern would be this though. If he stays on the taxi squad and he's now playing at Lehigh Valley, like, have you lost him as a flyer? Have you lost him mentally as a player that to play with this group of flyers? Um, that obviously remains to be seen, but it, there's a lot of layers here to me with this roster move by the Flyers today. My concern is Ron Hextall pulling a Mark Friedman and then all of us sitting here and 
huffing and yeah. puffing when the Flyers play. And, 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 and quite frankly, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has tons of injuries right now. Yeah. Uh, not many of them to their decor. They actually got more healthy with Dumoulin coming back there. But, you know, I'm sure that thought is not some, is, has already crossed his mind to figure out oh, how yeah. that could possibly happen. I mean, Ron was the one who signed his current contract. So it's not like Ron Absolutely. doesn't think of Ron's the reason he's getting paid. So, Absolutely. But, yeah. I, that was the that was the other reaction I saw a lot of today on social media was oh god they're gonna claim him we're gonna watch Shane score against the Flyers a week from now or whatever it is and I just that made me it made me laugh to keep from crying a little bit <laughs> and, and I'll say too I don't think we can necessarily judge this move until we see what the next thing is what is the next step. What is, it, what is the goal to get out of this? If you want his money off the cap, why do you want it off the cap? Are you going out after someone else? Um, a lot of questions to be answered. And I don't know, you know, there's, we have two weeks till the trade deadline. So I think there's some questions that need to be answered before then. And um, I don't think this is the last move. Let's put it that way. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, I think it's definitely, there's a big picture in mind here with this move for sure. And there's definitely various levels and layers to it. Uh, because you, you, even if you look in the big picture, Elaine Vigneault said earlier this month that they have two defensemen that are very similar in styles. And that's Eric Gustafson and Shane Gossespierre. And he said, they're both offensive-minded. They're both guys that can orchestrate the attack, uh, but they need to be on top of their defensive game better. So right there, you have two guys that are just almost identically the same, and both of them had been fighting to get in the lineup in March. Shane Gossespierre was benched for three games. Eric Gustafson's been out of the lineup for Samuel Moran right now. So you think about it, maybe Chuck Fletcher's saying, hey, um, you know, if we move Shane Gossespierre this year by either losing him on waivers or either obviously keeping him after he goes unclaimed and then possibly moving him at the trade deadline. Then they have Eric Gustafson, excuse me, Eric Gustafson to fill his shoes the rest of the season. If they need a puck moving guy that can uh, tape to tape pass, all that type of stuff. They have a back guy for the rest of the season. And then they let Eric Gustafson walk at the end of the year because he's UFA. Suddenly you have 7.5 million now off your cap going into a very, a very, very big off season a huge offseason while uh, going into what people are hoping is the first normal year in the, in the last three years, first normal season for the, uh, for the NHL um, where the Flyers are really going to be hoping to contend again, compete right now with Shane, with Shane, uh, Sean Couturier and Claude Drew in the final years of their deal. So maybe he's thinking big, big picture and uh, can really clear things up for a big offseason ahead. But I really, truly, truly wonder if he's just not hearing much on the Shane Gossespierre trade front. Like, he's just not hearing a lot in terms of teams wanting to take on any type of money for a player. 
And when you're not hearing much and you want to be as flexible as possible at the trade deadline right now, what's the way to do it? Put a guy on waivers and clear up 4.5 million. And suddenly you have more wiggle room. You have more wiggle room to add. And uh, the Flyers are looking for defensive minded guys, guys that can prevent goals. Um, and here's a way to possibly add it to open the window a little bit more. 4.5 million is no joke right now in this flat cap era. I was thinking today, man, I, two years ago, I remember when Shane Gossesser was first starting to be rumored in trade, in trade talks, he had such a team friendly contract. He was a younger player right now. He's 27 back then he was around 25, 26 younger guy, puck moving guy, point production uh, resume uh, with team control and only 4.5 million, only 4.5 million. That is not the case anymore. 4.5 million is no joke right now in this flat cap world. And I think Chuck Fletcher's feeling the effects of that. He's seeing it uh, and he's making action. Uh, but Taryn, if you had to balance it between the two, do you think this was more of, hey, wake up roster. We need to start getting going. No one is safe here. Or do you think it's more about Shane Gossespair and trying to, trying to see what you can do come trade deadline? Um, I think it's the latter more than the former, but I do think it's both. Um, I, I think Chuck Fletcher is looking at what the flyers have right now and what that personnel has been able to accomplish and has come to terms with the fact that that personnel, um, is not giving him what he needs. Mm -hmm. And this is the first step to setting up the potential for additions that they need. I mean, he said, yesterday when we were talking to him that he's been calling and and they very much right now are trying to to add pieces to continue moving forward and to continue takes taking steps towards becoming a contender how do you add pieces right now well you have to offload to add you know um and i think that was a big part of this i do think that this was a uh rattle the cages move as well though especially because, well, and I think, I think there's a few other things at play here and I don't think anybody in the office is this socially manipulative, but I do think that this impact is very real. Shane is a guy whose teammates like Shane is a guy who is very well liked in that locker in that dressing room. Um, and you know, it was interesting that other day when he called everyone out and, and he was cussing up a storm because he's, he's a connector on the team from what I've always been told. And when I traveled with the team and you talk to guys about who they like and all that stuff, there's a group of core veterans and there's a group of young emerging stars and Shane's somewhere in the middle. And he's a good connector for all those people. He brings people into the fold. He's a well-liked guy. Uh, this happening to your buddy, a guy who everyone in the dressing room likes, I think is a kick in the teeth to all of his teammates about Part of the reason he's in this situation is because, quite frankly, the team hasn't played well enough. It's not all on Shane Goss to spare, but now Chuck Fletcher has to do something and, and Shane becomes, um, to say the sacrificial lamb feels harsh, but he's a, he is a sacrificial lamb just because it's him and his teammates have not played well enough. So I do think that that's, uh, that's there's repercussions throughout the team. And, and part of the repercussions is that you know, your friend, your buddy, your teammate um, is in this situation where he could now uproot his whole life and be on a different team before you know it. And a part of that is because, I mean, no one's played well enough. 
So uh, I think that that's very much um, an, a an afterthought in all of this. I, I think the, at the forefront of this is the fact that the Flyers need to clear up some money and they need to make some moves and Chuck wants to make moves and he's not getting calls. So if you're not getting calls, you have to take matters into your own hands. That's what, what's been happening or what has happened today. Uh, but I do think that there's uh, deeper levels of wake up because this could happen to you. This could happen to anybody. And it's now happening to your friend. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly feel it. And you know, the roster well too. Scott Lawton even said today, he was, you could definitely tell there was like a somberness to him. Um, he wasn't like obviously overly sad and thinking Shane's gone for good, but he did say, Hey, I was drafted with that guy. I've gotten to know him. I'm very close with him. Uh, it just flat out sucks. It sucks when you have to see a teammate go through that. Um, and that unknown, uh, and that should certainly have a trickle down effect throughout the entire roster of, Hey, we haven't played well, you know, we haven't played well, we haven't met expectations. And when you don't meet expectations, uh, the business can be ugly. And right now that's uh, probably a case in point of uh, these things happen, tough business decisions that look uh, in the, in the big picture, they look ahead and you have to make these decisions to, to get better and, and, and see what you can do to shake up the team, improve its makeup. Chuck Fletcher said the makeup of the team is not right right now. Uh, he said that was a fair comment to say um, because, you know, if the players were playing better, maybe you would say, Hey, the makeup is pretty good, but it's not because they're not playing well. So this is what happens. And Joe, I'm glad you mentioned, um, does this affect Shane Gossespierre's mindset as a flyer? Does he, if he stays and he comes back and he's asked to be in the lineup, like how does he, how does he feel about this? It's a very fair question. And it lines us up perfectly for our cold brew check presented by Duncan. If Shane Gossespierre is claimed uh, and he's no longer a flyer, how, how will you remember him, Joe, as a Philadelphia flyer? He's made some, some pretty fun memories in this town. Uh, obviously the past, Handful of years, couple of years, two to three years haven't been so pretty. He's he's developed. He you know he's went through and endured injuries to both his knees, and uh, he obviously started very very loudly uh, in the Flyers organization. Has kind of tapered off a little bit, and I think everyone's been looking for the Shane Gossespierre of old. But how will you remember him if he is claimed? Uh, a couple things. I'll remember him to the guy that came up in his first year and totally changed the whole complexion of a team. Um, to the likes that I, I don't remember the last time I saw it. it. And it may have been, and I'm not comparing the two players, but it, it may have been like when Eric Lindros came to the Flyers. Might have been the last time I saw one player have that much effect on a roster um, because it totally changed what they did offensively. Uh, I also remember a guy who hasn't been that player since then, pretty much. Um, and a guy who uh, confidence affects their game more than any player maybe I've ever seen. Um, it's like two different players. It's, if we get confidence, Shane, it's the shame that generates things and makes things happen. And if we get the not-so-confident shame, um, that player is a liability on the ice most of the time they're out there, I think, is a – a fair thing to say. Um, so those are the two characteristics I would, um, I would say I would remember him by if he's no longer a flyer. Of course, the ghost bear emoji too, yeah, which was always a fun uh, development near the beginning of his career. So that's what I would say. Uh, they, would, they would be my lasting impressions of, uh, of Shane Gossett's bear. 
it's crazy because it does feel like forever ago because maybe it's because he's, he's, he's been through so many struggles and he's been under the microscope for, for the wrong reasons, obviously um, in the past two to three seasons. But man, that was fun. 2015-16, he pushed them into the playoffs. He, he gets caught up and he's this skinny, slick rookie that's just dancing along the blue line. And it seemed like every game he was firing a shot and scoring a goal. It's 17 goals that year. Then he had the point streak as well. He was really fun. And he, he pushed them into the playoffs. I remember that season. It was actually the first season I, I started covering the team um, in some capacity. And just a fun, fun player. And then, then he had the 65-point season. And you're just thinking big, big things ahead. Uh, and unfortunately, he went through some hellish injuries to his knees. And as we all know, his game is mobility. His game is elusiveness. And uh, he under, you know, had to undergo two surgeries, one on both knees. And uh, that can do serious damage to a, to a way a guy plays and to, a, to his confidence. And one last thing I'll say, one thing I'll remember him if he is claimed um, – his professionalism. I can't tell you how many times I talked to him face to face in person about not so fun topics, about his confidence, about him not playing well, about him being rumored in trade talks. Um, and he always was willing to talk about tough topics and he was always accountable. Um, he admitted when he wasn't confident. He admitted when he wasn't playing poorly. He had been benched numerous times. We had to talk to him about that. He was always accountable, always there to talk. Um, I, I will always uh, give him kudos for that. I, I appreciated that as a reporter. Uh, Taryn, what, what will you kind of remember about Shane Gossespierre if he's clean? What would be some of the memories for him if he's, if he's had his last day as a flyer? Well, to be truthful, the part that's terrible is that when Shane was really at his peak, I was still out in Hawaii. So I would get to watch the Flyers mm -hmm. in the postseason and on national games. And, um, and there was so much up-and-coming hype. There was such a positive vibe around him. And by the time I came here and I was really around the team um, full time and entrenched and everything going on and, you know, developed my sources and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was such a different situation for him. And from, you know, a person who likes to tell the human side of sports stories, uh, you, I root for Shane all the time. Like I said, I can tell you from my experiences with the team, he's, he's a connector guy. He's a well-liked guy in the locker room from all ends. Um, as Joe said, you know, he was this player who was so dynamic, but the, the mental, I think first his, his body started to, I don't want to say fail him because he can still bounce back. He's still young, but um, his body, once his knees went, and his mental game went with it, it became very apparent. Um, and he publicly admitted and acknowledged a lot of times, like my, my mental, uh, the, the rough waters that he was navigating mentally and with his confidence really impacted his game. And, you know, the thing that sticks with me is just a Shane himself, his work in the community and his now fiance Gina and how much work she does within flyers, wives, charities, and how, well liked they are um, by kind of everyone in the organization for all the work that they do. What sticks with me is that I, I hope that whether it's here or it's somewhere else, at some point he gets back to that form that we saw him in um, pre-multiple knee surgeries. And I, I think we started to see flashes of it this year is the interesting thing. I, I, I do believe that we saw that. The problem, as you mentioned earlier, Jordan, is that you kind of have Shane uh, and then 
Shane Light, who's Eric Gustafson, and um, one of them is going to cost you more money for longer, and we're in a flat cap era, and so that comes kind of as its own penalty. Your your contract is also your your punishment here if you're Shane. Uh, but you know, I, I I could lie and say that. Shane as he was at his best is what sticks with me, but my experiences with the team will always be stronger than that. And my experience uh, when it comes to Shane Goss' bear is just that he's always been awesome with us in the media. I root for the guy and, you know, hopefully this isn't the last we see of him, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough. If you send him down to the taxi squad and he sticks around here, how does he handle that? You know, a big that's another big mental test for him um and his confidence and there's just there's so many question marks yeah jordan you know what you know what's interesting too is i and i think we we, we talk about the knees i believe early on in his career he had one if not two hip surgeries too which um you know when we think back to that rookie season when he came up his signature move at the blue line was that little hip shimmy that he did to get, to get himself some space to get a shot on net. And, you know, that a surgery surgery on either hip or both hips, or, you know, is really going to uh, affect that sort of mobility. And this is a move where, you know, we saw him use that to, with success so many different times. And you look around the league now and you see how many defensemen do that. Um, Shane was the first guy that I really saw do that quick little, you know, fake at the blue line, uh, just upon receiving the, the puck. Um, and you know, the game catches up to you and it's, it's a lot of times in all sports, it's about what you do next. You know, in the NFL, a quarterback comes out and they play two or three great games. And then when film starts to get passed around defenses catch up to them and it's about what they do next and I don't know if Kelly's if, second year with the Eagles you mean right yes yep. <laughs> yeah um so you know th that might be part of it and and maybe some in those injuries got in a way of what was next for Shane Gospis Bear we saw glimpses of it this year though there were definitely some flashbacks with him, you know, the way he was playing at the blue line and driving the net and getting the slap shots on net and moving to the middle of the ice. And we saw, uh, we've seen Eric Gustafson this year do, Taryn referred to him as Shane Light because the move that Shane would make from, from the, the half boards to the middle of the ice used to work almost with perfection. And when we see Gustafson do it, especially when he's going bad, he moves, and a couple times this year, he'll move to the middle and he'll shoot it in directly into a defenseman, which a lot of times ends up going the other way for bad things. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's a big problem. And to the point of Shane's honesty, I remember one of the more memorable quotes this year from uh, our postgame shows was, um, I believe it was a game after Pittsburgh, uh, he got asked a question, it may have even been by you, Jordan, about the defensive structure. And the first thing he said was, well, it would help if I didn't pass the puck directly to them too. And we had a lot of conversation surrounding that quote on one of our shows uh, on Flyers post game this year. So always appreciate the honesty. There's not enough of it in sports. That's so true. He was, a, he was an honest guy. That's what was 
I think we all appreciate it. It's, it's something we appreciate with Jacob Voracek. Terry, you are going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, and Jordan, I mean, you can correct me. I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I know there's, there's guys we prefer to talk to when the team isn't playing well. And it's because they don't, they don't um, try to stiff arm you with, with, you know, the jargon and the typical responses. They're thoughtful and they're honest when it comes to speaking to you and the team struggles and um, they generally do so in a way that doesn't piss off their teammates, to be quite frank. And I, I would imagine that Shane, uh, his curse-riddled tirade the other night was maybe didn't go over super well with his teammates. But more often than not, he's able to speak the truth without, uh, from my understanding and from what I've been told, without uh, really pressing the buttons of his teammates. But Shane is one of those guys that when the Flyers we're losing. I remember when I first joined the team back in 2018, 2019, when they were losing quite often, it was always, you, you go find Shane or you go find Scott Lawton, or, you know, if, if you want an entertaining answer, you maybe go find Jacob Voracek, but you, you ask Shane because he's, he's genuine and he's thoughtful quite uh, frequently when it comes to holding himself accountable as well. Um, which is, you know, appreciated by media members, but I would imagine within a dressing room when it comes to talking about where you slipped up, where things are your fault. Um, and if you're on this coaching staff, it's, um, you know, not, not having ego about it is, is important. And um, yeah, it's just, I think it's worth, worth noting that when it comes to interaction with us. I think we always understand when people want to blow us off, especially after a loss. Uh, Shane doesn't do that. And for what it's worth in terms of his community involvement, I posted that he got put it on waivers today and two different charities that I follow. One of them being the PSPCA here in uh, Pennsylvania reached out immediately or responded to me immediately and just said they were so sad because he's just the content quality of his character is is great. It's tough to see him in this situation and hopefully he bounces back from it somehow here, there, wherever it may be. Yeah, here we are talking uh, Shane Goss's fair error with the Flyers and that's because uh, he might not be a Flyer on Wednesday. We will find out uh, at noon Eastern time if he either cleared waivers or if he was cl claimed so the Shane Gosses Fair era, that discussion, that is our cold brew, our easily, our no-brainer, our cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. And we will have plenty hockey coming up, more games to finish March as we head into April before that April 12th trade deadline. And already the news is starting to shake. Um, and uh, we'll have to see if Shane Gosses Fair has played his last game as a flyer or not. We'll know Wednesday, as I said, Wednesday at noon Eastern time. But Taryn Hatcher, thank you so much as always. Love chatting with you. Cannot wait to see you on Flyers pre and post game live. Joe Ford. At 6.30 tomorrow. It's not at 6. Just so everybody remembers. Our job's at 7.30. We're on at 6.30. And, we'll, and, and we, have a, we have a mystery guest tomorrow. Oh, yeah. A very interesting mystery guest. Um, not our normal, not our normal vibe. Yeah, it's not our normal style, but it, it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, it's a former flyer, also tied to a current player in the league. And there's a lot of, a lot of layers to this one. And a, and a fight resume that could stack up against anybody in the history of this league. Ooh, that is good. That is intriguing. I like that. That'll, that'll be fun. Cannot wait to see it. Joe Fordyce, our pre and post game live producer. Thank you so much. As always, fans, make sure you check out the shows on Wednesday. 
And uh, a special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer. And as always, Flyers fans, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next week.